Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Stocks have had quite a run as of late, but don't get too excited. Our guest today says the market has a little more room to run to the upside, but then we could see weakness and the eventual day of reckoning later on down the line. I still want to be bullish, but we call it like we see it. I'm Andy Gersher, and this is Games. All right, let's bring on Jim Welsh, macro strategist and portfolio manager at Macro Tides based in San Diego. Jim, always great to have you on the Gains podcast. Uh, right back at you, Andy. I always enjoy our conversations. Uh, I think... Uh, for the most part, we've covered a lot of ground, and I think we provide people some good information or at least some things to consider. So always enjoy doing these with you, Andy. And and, and one thing real quick, I know you have a special offering for the gains <laughs> listener. Yep. Uh, let's get that on real quick, and then we'll jump cool. to to markets. Yeah, just send me an email, Jim Welsh, uh, macro at Gmail, and I'll be happy to send you the February issue of Macro Tides, which goes into a greater detail then, you know, some of the things that Andy and I are going to be talking about, I think you'll find it pretty informative. So Jim Welsh, macro at Gmail, and I'll be happy to send you that issue. Take Jim up on that, by the way. You know, we had, Jim, we had you on the Gaines podcast end of last year in December. You were kind of telling us about the setup. January ended up being a pretty roaring month for markets. A lot of... uh Things that were even really, really beat down came back uh, quite a bit. But uh, now that we're in February, we we have, you know, January out of the way. A little time has passed since the last time we talked. Where have we been? What 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 are you seeing right now? And where do you think we're going? Okay. Well, I think one of the, the things that shaped a lot of people's uh, outlook and sentiment was, as you remember, the first two quarters of last year, GDP was negative. And uh, in August of last year, which was right after that report came out for the second quarter, a lot of people jumped on, oh, my goodness, we're already in a recession because two quarters in a row means you're in a recession. And if we're not, we will be by the end of this year. And I think that really got a lot of people um, quite negative. And as you know, we had conversations explaining why. Uh, we weren't in a recession, and I, you know, my view was there wasn't going to be a recession in 2022. And a lot of the things that were in place last summer to prevent a recession are still in place now. 
Um, savings left over from the pandemic, yes, people, the bottom 20 to 30 percent of wage earners have burned through most, if not all, of their savings. But a lot of people above that level still have savings. Uh, the uh, pay increases, 5 to 7 percent. So, yeah, inflation has gone up more, but people are still getting some pretty healthy pay increases. Uh, you know, 66 million Social Security beneficiaries just received an 8.7% pay increase. 26 states uh, increased uh, the minimum wage. A couple of weeks ago, Walmart said it's raising its initial wages from 14 to $16 an hour. So the point being is consumers still have, uh, and the, oh, by the way, the unemployment rate's at a 53-year low. So the overall core for most consumers is still in pretty good shape which is why my feeling was that no recession in 2022, that strength, Andy, I think is going to continue in the first part of this year. But the psychology has definitely changed from middle of last year. Oh, gee, we're already in a recession. Then there were two quarters of growth, 3.2 and 2.9% in the fourth quarter. Oh, great jobs number. Now the pendulum has kind of swung the other way where people think there will not be a recession or at worst, it'll be relatively painless. And I think that's what sets the markets up uh, for another awakening, if you will, as we get to mid-year, because I think we're going to see a decided slowdown as we get into the second quarter. A lot of volatility. How are investors reading the Fed? How are you reading the Fed? Yeah, well, I have a different view. Um, I think the majority of Wall Street is looking at the Fed and only through the lens of inflation. And back in October, I said, hey, inflation is guaranteed to come down. I thought that uh, the inflation rate could be down to 6.5% in December. It was. Um, so I think we're going to see inflation continue to drop just because of the the numbers that are getting taken away from 12 months ago. You subtract, you know, effectively you subtract whatever it went up in February of last year, and you add in whatever the monthly change is, this time. Um, so that's the way it's calculated. I think in the CPI inflation is going to be down to around 3%. It might be a little bit below, slightly above. So we're going to continue to see inflation come down, but most people are just focused on that aspect. I really believe uh, in November 30th, Powell gave a speech at Brookings, and he did, in my opinion, a pivot away from inflation being the dominant determinant of policy to looking at the labor market. And he has repeatedly, over the last six to eight months, talked about tightness in the labor market. And he did today. He did it at his post-meeting uh, uh, press conference last Wednesday. Wall Street just doesn't want to hear that because what it implies is the Fed is going to do exactly what they've said they're going to do. They're going to raise the funds rate a little bit more. And more importantly, Andy, keep it at wh whether it's 5%, 5 and a quarter. Wherever they get to over the next two to three months, their intention is to keep it at that level and allow the cumulative impact from the prior increases to slowly but surely really weigh on economic growth. And I think that's why, as we get closer to the mid uh, of this year, things like the yield curve, which is extremely negative, and whenever it has gotten this negative, it's always been followed by a recession going back the last 50, 60 years. Leading economic indicators are down 10 months in a row. Whenever they've declined as much as they have, always a recession going back 60 years. And the last thing that I don't hear many people talking about is banks have increased their lending standards significantly 
in the third and fourth quarter. So now you have banks choking off liquidity flowing into the economy, or you want a loan, we'll give it to you, but you're going to pay up. The spread's going to be bigger. I think all this stuff is going to come together and cause the economy to show more material slowing as we approach uh, mid-year. The key point, Andy, is that the Fed, I don't believe at the first sign of weakness, is immediately going to signal, oh, yeah, we're going to be cutting rates. Right, and, right. And that's what Wall Street— uh, That's been, that's kind of what they're pricing, right? They, they They're pricing that, hey, you know how they always said the Fed, hey, we got your back? Yeah. Uh, the Fed's got to follow this through. I got to tell you, that January jobs report didn't do that. Didn't do the Fed any favors either. Well, no, it didn't. And um, I, I think, but that's where the rubber will meet the road. If I'm right that as the economy slows in the second quarter and the Fed continues to say, no, we're going to keep the funds right where it is, at this point in time, we have no plans to lower it. We are going to see unemployment start to climb. And that window of time where you have a slowdown in the economy, Wall Street will have to cut earnings. They're still looking for a 10% increase in earnings in this year. Um, I just think that's wildly optimistic. Uh, and as all this comes to pass, I think that's where you get another fairly sharp sell-off. And it's at the conclusion of that sell-off that I think the real buying opportunity will materialize. So, so you I, think, I think that you think the beginning of the year was a head fake and uh... – that, you know, there's obviously more downside. Now, the economy and markets, you know, don't necessarily walk, you know, step no, in step. They don't. But with the downturn that you see coming, markets are going to have to give give way. Yeah. In the near term, this right. idea that the Fed uh, won't be as aggressive as they're saying. More importantly, the idea that there won't be a recession or at worst, it'll be very, very modest and slight gains traction when you get a jobs report like we saw. Oh, yeah, maybe the Fed will indeed keep the funds rate higher for longer, but the economy's doing so well, it's not really going to matter. The other report that didn't get as much attention as the jobs report, which I personally think was actually more important, was the ISM service number. Um, in December, it dropped significantly. And what I wrote in January was we had terrible weather. From December 23rd to the end of the month, uh, there was a huge storm called Elliot, um, which really impacted with cold temperatures, a lot of snow. So what I wrote, Andy, was when we get the next ISM number, it's going to snap back pretty significantly. It snapped back more than I expected. I mean, it dropped like seven points in December, and in January, it rebounded by six. Powell has kind of telegraphed. What he's focused on are labor costs in services. So here's the service sector that appeared to be weak to everybody, and it rebounded strongly. So the implication on monetary policy, I think, is greater from the ISM service number than the jobs number, because that's what Powell is looking at, is service ex uh, shelter uh, inflation. So, again, I think that the strength that we've seen is going to persist for a little while. It will feed into the notion that Wall Street has is that, okay, we don't really have to worry about our, our recession. And that means there's going to be a bid, I think, for stocks uh, for a little bit longer, maybe towards the end of this, um, the first quarter. Um, but I think if I'm right and things start to show more signs of wear and tear, that's when I think the market will be at risk. Next Monday's report on the CPI, Andy, will be kind of interesting. 
Uh, the year-over-year number is going to continue to drop. It was 6.5, uh, down from 7.1 the prior month. I think it could be down to 6.2, maybe even 6.1. What will be interesting is that the month-over-month change for, the, uh, for December was a minus 0.1. I think in January, the month-over-month could be up 0.3, maybe a touch more, because of rebound in energy prices, the rebuilding of strength in the overall economy as it rebounded. So I think that could cause a little hiccup uh, early next week where, oh, wait a second, you mean inflation is not dropping in a straight line? Um, but, again, the overall narrative that the economy is not going to have a recession, earnings are going to be okay, I think that's going to remain the dominant uh, feature uh, over the next six weeks. Uh, it's only as we get into the second quarter, as I said, where uh, things might get a little bit more dicey. All that coincides. You know, I, I watched the, the Dow theory and yeah. we've seen a transport even yeah. break through the level I was watching. And the and the uh, and the industrials are are at the door. But I've been reluctant to start really deploying a yeah. lot of cash into this market until I get the all clear sign and that, you know, even though we're at the door, we haven't crossed and, and and that threshold. And hopefully if things happen the way you, you say they're going to, you know, the Dow theory will uh, keep in line. That's a good indicator. And I use that's a valuable tool. So then what's that look like? I mean, we talk about where the markets are now. You see further or you see some downside for the economy and obviously markets follow. What levels are you watching? How bad can it get? Yeah, well, let's, in the very short term, I think at a minimum, the, the S&P uh, with today's rebound will definitely get above the high from last week at 4195. There is an outside chance if things fall into place that the S&P could rally up to 4,300 to even 4,350. It just depends on how giddy things get in the short run. So near term, I think there's more upside going to come. But once we finish this, uh, conceptually, it's like the decline from January to October was the first part of the bear market. This rebound is like the intermission (laughs) in a long movie. And once it ends, I think at a minimum, the S&P will go down and retest the lows from last October, which is 34.91. And I think there's an outside chance if indeed a recession develops, uh, the S&P could get down towards 3,200. That's the 6.18 retracement of the whole big move up from March of 2020 to last January's peak. So that's to me what the game plan looks like. And and, you Um, know, when you're you're talking about this. It seems like there are a lot of people getting lured back into the market. So, yes. and even though yeah. long term, you know what? In all reality, if you started dollar cost averaging at these levels, you're probably going to be fine long, long term. But being aware of this, you hold off a little bit longer before you start deploying and buying into this, especially with what Jim just said here. Well, Orby, again, I think we're in an environment for just now, not only 2022, but I think in coming years where people are going to have to learn how to become more tactical. In other words, take a portion of your portfolio. When things get, you know, look like, wow, everything couldn't get any better, take some money off the table. When you get to the place where, geez, things could look much worse, time to start adding back in. Um, so I just think that's a skill set most investors don't have, uh, but I think it would be very beneficial 
if they invest some time or continue to listen to the Gaines podcast to there get kind of guy, you know, direction and, and ideas in terms of when to bob and when to weave and so forth. So, yeah, near term, I think we have more strength. Um, and I think, you know, what you pointed out, a lot of people are jumping on to the bandwagon. A, technically, the S&P got above the 200-day average. Well, that was something that didn't happen in 2022. The S&P uh, broke a downtrend line uh, that had been in place since the January uh, 2022 high. So technically, you got that breakout. The next target becomes the August high at 43.25. And that's why I think there's the potential, Andy. Everyone's like, oh, yeah, no, we don't have to worry about a recession now. And the Fed is almost done and inflation's coming down. You know, it's time to buy. And I think that's what's driving this bus. And, you know, that's why uh, a move up towards that August high uh, can't be ruled out. Um, So. Uh, if I'm wrong, okay, and I certainly could be wrong, I think the degree of monetary tightening, as I mentioned before, the inverted yield curve, leading economic indicators, banks tightening lending standards, these are indications that have, I don't want to say infallible, but going back the last 56 years, whenever they've gotten to the levels they are, there has always right. been a recession. A good so track say, record for those. Yeah, it's it's like flawless, right? And so it's not just one indicator. It's all three, and they're coming at things a little bit differently. So um, the point being is, let's say, you know, they're they're going to be wrong. You know, if we have any kind of a recession, it's going to be unbelievably shallow, right? Um, Well, that slowdown going into that, uh, you know, shallow recession, I think is going to cause a fairly meaningful retracement. Of the low. So if the low is already in, the October low at 3,500, call it. Which, by the way, I've been looking for. I All along, yeah. I've been looking for the retest. The Dow theory has told yeah. us. We've talked yeah. about it on this yeah. podcast a lot. Go ahead, sorry. Yeah, so the point being is that, okay, let's say, Jim, you're wrong. We're not going to – it's not going to be really a bad recession. It's going to be really kind of a, a quarter that might be negative, but overall the economy's okay. Um so let's say the S&P goes from 3,500 from the October low to 4,300. My point would be is I think at a minimum, as we get into that, gee, the economy's slowing uh, and you get some data points, what starts to happen is the narrative like, oh, we didn't think there would be a recession, but hmm, maybe we are going to have a recession. And then if you get a few more data points that are a little bit weaker, hey, maybe it won't be shallow. I mean, that's what happens. And the point being is that, okay, you've rallied from 3,500 to 4,300. That's 800 S&P points. I would expect the S&P to give back half of that, if not more. So the point being is if that's true, you go from 35 to 43, you get a little bit of a uh, recession scare. The S&P pulls back 400 points or close to 500 points. And now all of a sudden it's back down to 3,900, 3,800 and then you're really off to the races later on. In other words, you know, you started the bull market, you had one leg up, you get a wave two pullback uh, on recession fears, and then, oh, okay, we're past that. The Fed is finally in a place where they really do, can and do start to lower rates. 
you know, then you're off to the races. Maybe even take some chips off the table here. We'll continue the discussion. We'll talk. We'll learn how to bob and weave like (laughs) Floyd Mayweather and talk about how to play all of this when we get back from our break. Hey, be sure to subscribe, follow, leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts if that's an option for you. I've been told that's podcast gold. Hey, and subscribe and turn on those notifications so you know when a new Gaines episode drops. We drop Gaines episodes Wednesday mornings. We'll be right back after the break with Jim. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. All right, back with Jim Welsh, macro strategist and portfolio manager at Macro Tides, based in San Diego. We were talking about learning how to uh, be more tactical, bobbing and weaving like Floyd Mayweather, and, and how to play this. So we talked about the setup, kind of what we're looking for, um, you know, maybe an opportunity to take some chips off the table. And you've talked about where you're, you see further weakness going in later into the year. How do you play this all? You talked about bobbing and weaving like a boxer, like Floyd Mayweather. How do you do that in, in this kind of environment? Well, one of the things that I have written about the last couple of weeks, because it's kind of shown up, um, is what are called intermarket divergences. So it's when two averages... Uh, or two prices, so we can look at gold versus silver, we can look at the 10-year Treasury yield versus the 30-year Treasury yield. In the stock markets, you can look at the Dow, the S&P, the NASDAQ, the Russell. And when everything is in gear, whether it's up or down, things all move together. You know, if, if you're in a real bull market, all the averages make new highs. Rising, t- you know, you always heard, heard the term yeah. rising tides lifts all boats you've seen that in even other markets even when crypto was on a when crypto was on a run almost every single token moved lock lock step you've seen that in growth stocks so yes uh this is something we see quite often and now you were talking about divergence explain that Well, again most people don't pay attention to that stuff um so you know the idea being well how do you become a little bit more tactical well, you start to pay attention to make sure that all the averages are doing the same thing. 
usually at turning points, when the market's about to trend uh, change, um, one average will make a new high, the other one won't. So most recently, what we saw in the Treasury market is the 10-year Treasury yield uh, made a low, bounced, and then last week made a lower low. So, you know, when you look at that, you say, well, wait a second. Okay, that's in good shape. The 10 years doing what it's supposed to do. So in December, it get down to 340. Last week, it get down to 333. Then looking at the 30-year Treasury yield, well, in December, it was 341. And if it was going to confirm and join in the parade, it would have gone below 341 in the last couple of weeks. It didn't. It only got down to 349. So this is the kind of thing that, to me, implies that we're going to see Treasury yields tick back up. Uh, the 10-year got to, I think, about 390 uh, in uh, late December. The 30-year got to 399. That might be cause some pressure on equities if that follows through. So, you know, to me, that's a, a tell. Gold and silver. Gold rocketed in, during the month of January. Silver didn't do it at all. Yeah, I, I've noticed. I noticed that that uh, silver and and other metal, metals as well. I mean, take a look at right. copper, but you didn't see silver participate like gold and any even copper. Right, and so again, it's like, hey, why aren't they all moving together? And when they don't all move together, and this works for both tops and bottoms, then you usually have a problem. And so those are the early yellow light flashing warning signals. Uh, that happen as markets go through twists and turns. And near term, um, as you know, because uh, you read my stuff, I've been looking for the dollar to make a fairly you know, decent trading low for a number of reasons. Uh, short positions, in other words, people betting that the dollar was going to continue to decline, got very large, the second biggest position size in the last five years. Uh, I use pattern analysis in terms of, you know, one, two, three, four, five, counting the moves as the market progressed, the dollar was completing five waves. So on Wednesday of last week, right after the Fed and Powell did his press conference, the dollar was making lower lows. It looked to me like, hey, it's finishing that. And I you know, sent a note out to subscribers that it's time to buy the dollar or the ETF associated with the dollar UUP. And the dollars rallied, I don't know, Three percent, three and a half percent. Are you still confident Thursday. on that trade? Are you still confident yeah. on that yeah. moving further in yeah. in your favor? Yeah, it dropped. The dollar index dropped about fourteen points from one fourteen seventy seven down to one hundred point eight one, I believe. So a three eight two would be about six and a half points. Uh, it gets you up to about one hundred six and a half on the dollar index. Uh, and if it does fifty percent, it'll be closer to one hundred eight and change. Um, and UUP would have the same kind of percentages. So uh, I think there is more upside coming on that. And to me, how all this ties in, Andy, is that people were looking for the Fed to be cutting rates in the second half of this year, between the jobs report, the ISM service number. All of a sudden, uh, instead of looking for the Fed to be cutting uh, 50 basis points after July, as of this morning, it was down to 38 basis points. So what we're going to see gradually is this, you know, kind of this uh, appreciation that finally, guess what? Maybe the Fed is going to keep the funds rate. And that's the kind of thing that, A, lifts bond yields, and it also provides the dollar 
you know, a bid as well. How do you make money on this? Um, you're talking about weakness coming up for stocks. Are you going to be short yeah. in the market? You mentioned your long dollar right now. Yeah. Yeah. How are you? How are you playing this? You mentioned the dollar play. Give us a couple ideas. Yeah. Um, and at some point, you know, when we're going to be testing these uh, upper levels, is that an opportunity to just outright short the market? Um, yeah. If we get up towards 4,300, and technically, I start to see. You know, signs that whether it's 43 or, you know, whatever the number turns out to be over the next three, four weeks, uh, there'll be some signs in terms of breath will start to weaken. Uh, there'll be other technical indicators that start to show that the upward momentum is starting to run out of gas. Um, and so, yes, to me, that is, will provide a shorting opportunity in terms of gold. Uh, I think gold is going to have a deeper pullback than what we've already seen. Um, gold could make one more push above the high from last week, which is at 1959. Uh, but I think it's going to pull back to 1825, 1780. Uh, GDX, which is the gold stock index, um, 33, 34 was the high. I think it's going to drop below 2755 or at least below $28 over the next one to three months as some of this stuff plays out. At that point in time, everything all being equal, I would be looking to be a buyer of both gold and uh, the gold stocks. So we're at we're almost at a peak, but we're not, you know, the final cards haven't been played yet. Um, so but that's bigger picture on the Treasury yields. If things pull back, as I expect, uh, and we take out like on TLT, uh, TLT got up to uh uh, I think 109 and change, yeah, 109.68. It dropped to 99.35 late December, rallied up to 109.35. Not quite the high, all right, that we saw in early December. I think it's going to drop below 99.35, um, and that will be where the yields, the 10-year and 30-year, will be getting back to where they were late December. Uh, that happens buying TLT under 99.35 should be on the you know table. I mean, you don't have to make a decision here, and things do change, but that's my expectation right now is we're going to see TLT drop. I think it closed at 105 and change. Um, I think it's going to drop some more over the next handful of weeks um, and then, you know, put, potentially provide, uh, a, a, you know, another trade to the upside. So, um, as like I said, uh, within the framework of the fundamental outline I provided, um, I think there's a little bit more strength coming in some of these markets, um, but then I think they're going to be vulnerable to, um, you know, decent-sized pullbacks um, over the next one to four months. That's a, a heads-up and I think a wake-up call for some of the GAINS listeners out there. Well, we've covered a lot of ground today, Jim. Uh, what's your takeaway uh, from our conversation here? Well, the main thing I would say, Andy, is I believe Wall Street all of last year misjudged Fed policy, and I think they did that because from 2000 to 2018, inflation stayed uh, around 2%. So if any difficulty showed up in the economy or the market started to get upset, the Fed could then do an about-face and cut rates. With uh, inflation hitting a 40-year high, yes, it's coming down, but their playbook is different. They want to wait for a longer period of time to happen so the economy slows more, inflation comes out more completely, 
so it doesn't become a problem at the beginning of the next business cycle. So I just think Wall Street's got it wrong. And um, if I'm right about that, then there's a day of reckoning coming uh, in this, the second quarter. And, I, you know, I feel pretty strongly about that. Uh, I listen to what Powell has to say. I think he's being straight on. You have people like Neil Kashkari, who was and is the president of the Minneapolis Fed for years. He was considered the most dovish FOMC member. In December, he voted for the funds rate to go to 54 the meeting was 5.1. He was on CNBC this morning. Again, well, you know, when I, when I saw him, he, he, he mentioned that, hey, he too is at the grocery store and knows what's going on. Yeah, yeah. You know, so my point is, I just think people haven't fully accepted that the game plan the Federal Reserve has to use when inflation is around 2% as opposed to coming down from 9 two different game plans. And it means that we're going to see a period of economic weakness, uh, a pickup of unemployment. And, um, you know, I don't th- I think the, the Wall Street is basically assuming that none of that's going to happen. I think they're going to be wrong. So that's the big takeaway, I would say, for people listening that um, be a little bit more critical of just running with the herd. The herd is getting pretty bullish quick. Hey, big thanks to Jim Welsh macro strategist and portfolio manager at macrotides.com out of san diego jim real quick give that offering for the games listener uh, the february macro tides issue jim welsh macro at gmail and it'll be sent out to you check that out for sure be sure to subscribe follow leave us a five-star review on apple podcast and as always subscribe and turn on those notifications so you know when a new games episode drops We are back next Wednesday, and I look forward to seeing you then. On News Radio, W. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly.